it's a bit cliche, but if I'm sitting in a cafe eating my dinner or my breakfast or whatever and I'm reading a book, the chances of someone coming up going, oh my gosh, what book are you reading? Mm. As opposed to you staring at your phone and them going, oh, what are you scrolling? Like, mm. <laughs> no one's going to do that. That's that's an invasion of privacy. Whereas if I'm reading a book, that's a conversation starter. Yeah. You look approachable, you look soft, you look cute, you look main character moment. Because mm. you're this hot, pretty girl sitting alone in Europe eating your freaking croissant. Who like, is she? Everyone's going to come up to her. Yeah. Hey chicks, I'm Al. And I'm Sal. And this is Two Broke Chicks, the show that shares life lessons because we're broke in funds but rich in life. And today we are finally joined by Bestie on and off the air, Cassidy. Welcome to the show. Hi girls, thanks, thanks for having me. How exciting. I know, finally we've made this happen. I know. Seriously. Finally we're all hanging out and we don't have like a million south sides in front of us. but <laughs> Which is kind of sad. I feel yeah, a little bit I know. nude without I them. Think, I think we originally we wanted to do this on a Friday afternoon. Yeah. But that's probably for the best. Mm, you know, I'm fate always. had other plans. It was like, I'm taking the Wheel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, we really, we really don't need that. We don't need the liquid courage. Yeah. Next time, we'll every time, every time we hang out and Cass drives, we're like, okay. I'm like, I'll drive you back to your car in the morning. Yeah, don't worry. I drive every time in hopes that like it'll just be a chilled night. Nope. Nope. That'll be stupid now. Not with the three of us. Come on, then. Yeah, we ended up at Bikini Bar yeah. last time. <laughs> and you on remember? A Wednesday night. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> we're at Bikini Bar and Cass is obviously looking fucking gorgeous. Mm. And this waiter kept coming oh. to take our order. But he did not give a single fuck about Sal and I. <laughs> Sal and I were like the two ugly stepsisters. One thousand fucking Cinderella. I <laughs> kept like picking it. He would just like look at me and be like, do you need anything else? Look and into would be your like, soul. And you two would be like, no, we're, we're fine. And <laughs> I'm, just, I'm thirsty, sir. Yeah, we're there like two dried prunes. Yeah. Being like, just a sip of water. Water, please. <laughs> and he's like, Can I get you any golden cup with the elixir of life in it, Cassidy? And we're, we're like, A crown would be nice. <laughs> Anything, even Plank. just tap water. Uh, I'll take it, it out until of you. Pointed it out. out, and then it was so uncomfortable. It was so funny. And then when we were <laughs> I was leaving, so embarrassed every time he came out. We were leaving, you were walking the other way to your, your Uber, and he's like, Goodbye, lady. <laughs> Not ladies, ladies. Lady. He really doubled down on the point. Being like, not you two. He was like, you not me. It's not Hermione. You. Get out of here, rats. Yeah, he had like a little water bottle squirting us, being like, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, that anyway, was so oh, funny. We kept laughing when he'd come over and you'd be like, oh, be cool. He wasn't even cute. Like, I didn't even want the attention. No. I was just embarrassed that he was being so predictable. I was, was like, so funny. you're embarrassing both of us, man. Like, go away. I don't need I didn't need another drink. I and he was like, goodbye, lady. And we were like, goodbye, lady. I you fucking and you were being, the road. <laughs> you were being like, shut up. <laughs> anyway. Oh, my God. Good times. Good I love that memory. Ooh. It's a good one. Anyway, so that's why we're recording in the morning. <laughs> Evening, evenings for this trio is just. Mimosas exist for a reason. Oh, mm, oh well, shit. Fuck. I don't drink We both drive. We both drive. <laughs> yeah, we're fine. That's you know, that's the yes, line the in the sand. There's mm. two cards. It's all over. But we're going to be talking all about the Europe summer. So I would actually go to say, Cass, that you're an expert in this. So yeah, we're going to chat all about how to do like the 10 out of 10 Europe summer vacay solo. But also I feel like a lot of these tips still count if mm. you're with friends as well. So it's Well, I did it realistically. That's, yeah. the, that's my one clutch is what I did is attainable to everyone. Mm. Like I wasn't on this crazy holiday where – I'm staying in these beautiful villas where it's just 
so unreachable for the normal person. I stayed mm. in hostels and I never thought I would stay in a hostel in my life. Wow, so cool. Yeah, look at those like hotels that people stay in in Paris and they're like in the front yard of the Eiffel Tower and I'm like, I want to know how much that how was. Yeah. Like I love the idea of it and like the, the big like influencer trips, like it's just not attainable. Nah. And also we all know they're not having fun anyway. Yeah. Whereas like my trip was fun. Yeah, it looked it fun looked well. and it was fun. Now, before we get into it, we do start with our life lesson of the week. Mm -hmm. So, Cassidy, as mm -hmm. our guest of honour, I was about to say maid of honour. <laughs> but, like, as my wife, as my <laughs> lover. <laughs> when Cass was two this morning, she's like, Are we videoing? Do I dress nice? I was like, Dress nice for daddy. <laughs> it's me. I'm daddy. daddy. <laughs> Cass was like, Something came up. Cass was like, Yes, daddy. Yeah, I was like, You're my daddy. <laughs> anyway, Cass. Was daddy, daddy issues, really. Yeah. Daddy. Mm. I was like, Yes, daddy. Okay, Cass, tell daddy your life lesson of the week. Uh, well, my life lesson is don't procrastinate. I, this week has been, well, the last few weeks, mm. I've been hating previous Cass because she's just been living the dream saying, you know what, I'll, I'll get to that next week. I've been putting things off being a lazy bitch. And now that I'm coming around to it, I've added so much more stress to my plate because I've been procrastinating. Mm. And I'm already mean enough to myself on the inside without having to say, you dumb bitch, like, why <laughs> haven't you done this sooner? So rather than being mean to myself and leaving things to the last minute, just doing things as they come up, writing my lists. I've been loving those these this yes. week. Yes. Mm. So no nice. more no more procrastinating for me. I got four weeks until I go to Europe. I don't have time mm. to be putting things off, uh, and I'm a serial procrastinator. Yeah. Mm. So that's my that's my number one tip. And it takes away from like the excitement especially if what you're procrastinating is going away on holidays and going to Europe. Yeah. It takes away from the excitement because you're like, oh, I've got to get my stressed. travel insurance. Oh, I've got yeah. to sort this out. I've got to organise my packing. I've got to make sure I book this. It's like a punish. Yeah, yeah. and if you just get it done yeah. when it comes up, then yeah. Bob's your uncle. And there's like, just no reason it. to procrastinate. Yeah. Like it's just the, the things that I'm having to do now that I've put off, It's I was just being lazy mm. or unorganised. So... Yeah, I'm like writing my lists and writing lists and ticking them off like physical lists, not my iPhone, is so rewarding. Yes. There's something about that that just... The serotonin. You, uh, you, the you'll physical. accomplish it. Mm. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. All right, Sally Belly, mm -hmm. what you got? So my life lesson this week is that in Australia, gift cards and vouchers have to have a minimum of three years before they expire. Before that, I think it could be like 12 months. Whoa. But I got a tattoo voucher for my birthday and I didn't actually get the voucher until quite recently and it's been a few months since my birthday. And I was like, fuck, I only have like six months to use this thing. Like I better think of a tattoo. Yeah, what do I we want? want? And I was talking to my boyfriend <laughs> Don't you love about that? it. I'm like, what do we want? Well, I assume <laughs> what are we getting? <laughs> it's also in Bondi too. So like obviously Naturally. Along, yeah. as if I'm going to be making the trek. Cass, you can come. <laughs> I'm all for I'm all for joint tattoos, guys. Perfect. Um, no dramas. <laughs> <laughs> okay, done. We'll lock it in. But I was talking to my boyfriend about it, and he was like, "No, they've actually extended it to three years." So I just emailed the studio and was like, "Hey guys, it says twelve months," and they were like, "Oh shit. Okay, no worries. Like you've got three years to use it." But I think places are trying to be a bit sneaky, mm. and they still say twelve months, whether or not they're using like an old voucher or like they're trying to get around it but yeah, the rules have right. changed wow yeah. that's so good mm -hmm. yeah go full karen and be like well actually with the australian consumer literally, law literally i linked <laughs> linked the consumer law doc and everything was like 
just saying. They were like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you came in blunts again. Yeah, guns were, blazing. Yeah. I was expecting them to like put up a fight. And they're like, yeah, no, that's sweet. You were like yeah. legally blonding, being like, but didn't you know that you can't swear, have a shower when you had a perm within 24 hours? <laughs> I object. Yeah. They're like, it's fine, dude. Come when you want. You're like, Shut oh. your lips. Yeah. <laughs> just go away. You're like, well, shit. You're like, no, I had a whole thing planned. <laughs> Come on, Come man. on. They're like, okay, you can do the thing. You're like, ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you big. All right, what's your life lesson? My life lesson is something that I learned from a consultation with a sleep therapist this week. So Sal and I went to an event with Emma Sleep at the Strand and they're doing the Emma Sleep Hotel. It's like a hotel all dedicated to getting a good night's sleep. And we had a 30-minute session with a sleep therapist and – Damn, we unpack some stuff. <laughs> she was literally like, you are the cause of all your shit in my sleep. <laughs> oh, we already like, knew so that. what time do you go to bed? I'm like, I don't know, like midnight. She's like, what do you do for like the first two hours before you go to bed? I'm like, obviously I scroll on TikTok. <laughs> like, you knew that. I knew that. Don't make me say it. Okay? <laughs> I was like, come, come on. on duck. Yeah. She was like, do you think that could be a reason why you don't sleep well? And I was like, obviously. I know that. But what, how do I stop myself? So anyway, we're talking about that. I'd be like, yeah, but then sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and it's like 4 a.m. And I'm like, oh, I've got to get back to sleep. She goes, can I ask, how do you know it's 4 a.m.? And I was like... Because I look at my phone. Because yeah. I, like, okay. I scroll on TikTok yeah. before I am break. And then she was like, maybe one of the things you need to think about is not how like you get a negative sleep, but how it negatively will like impact your life as well. And that can motivate you to not go on your phone as much being like, this isn't just going to give me a shit sleep. It's going to give me a shit tomorrow. Mm. So I was like, okay. Because she was said to me, and one thing that really stuck with me, which is my life lesson, is that when you have a bad night's sleep, you're more likely to make immoral decisions. So your moral compass is actually affected when you have a lack of sleep. So you're more likely to do shitty things to either people you love or just like naughty things in the day to day that you're like, oh, whatever, I'll just do it. <laughs> and yeah, so if you're being a bit of a cunt. I was going to say, I've been making some fucking questionable. <laughs> I've been making some questionable male decisions lately. Maybe I haven't been sleeping well. Yeah. I'm going to put it down to my sleep. <laughs> you're like, yeah. That's it. It's, it's my sleep's fault. Yeah. It's so it's like if you want to be a bit of a better person or if, like I think we all know as well that if you're irritable, like you probably had a shit night. Oh, I'm too. the worst oh person. Yeah. I'm less than eight hours, I'm not I'm not okay. Yeah. Same. So I feel like that's my motivator to maybe put my mm. phone in another room at 9 p.m. from now on and maybe I'm just going to get like an alarm clock. Because so I was like, how am I going to mm. wake up? Mm, yeah I know going analog baby well yeah. what I did for a long time one of my tips for because like I switched to being a morning person like that mm. um well it was like five years ago but the one thing I did was I would set my phone alarm but I would put it out in the kitchen or like mm. even just like up in the wardrobe or out on the floor of my bedroom oh, so that it's close so enough that you up. can hear it but you have to get up because the hardest thing is like getting up and then that mm. also stops you from the first thing you do when you wake up is scrolling because so many people say that's the worst way to start your day. Like, it is. And so, I do it every time. Yeah, yeah same. It's yeah. such a bad habit. So, that's a good tip. Yeah, so yeah. just putting your phone so that you have to physically get out of bed, especially in winter because once you're out and it's cold, yeah. like you don't really get back into bed. But mm. that's the thing that helped me the most is just get up and then you're out. Love that. Mm. All righty. Well, enough about the cold. Let's talk about Europe. Oh, Hot and sunny Europe. Say less. All right, Cass, give us the <laughs> overview of like your ultimate Europe solo trip last year. It was 
Honestly, like it sounds so cliche, but it was life changing. I didn't think that it would be. Originally, I was meant to be going with a girlfriend, but she broke her wrist a couple of months before. And because she had to take time off work, she then no longer had the leave to come with me. And so I originally was going to cancel my trip because the idea of doing Europe solo was, it's never been on the cards for me. It's never been something that like, I never wanted to travel solo. I'm Mm. super independent and very confident. Like I moved to Sydney on my own. That's not something that made me anxious. It just was never something I envisioned for myself. And it was actually the boy that I was dating at the time was like, I think you should do a solo trip. Like this will change your life. And he was a bit older and I started like looking into it and I was like, "Mm, it's more expensive Mm. if you go on your own. And like, I don't want to waste a lot of money. Like, and I also wanted the experience of going with a friend and he was like, look at hostel world, like stay at hostels. And I was like, I'm never staying in a hostel. (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm not doing that. And then I saw how safe it was, the reviews, how many solo female travellers there were. I could see literally what they were writing. And I'm not meaning like five or ten reviews. I'm talking hundreds of reviews mm. on hundreds of hostels all around Europe. And so I was like, fuck it, I'm going to do it. Mm. And I booked a one-way ticket. I didn't know when I was coming back. I had no need to come back for anything. I was able to travel and work, which is something I'm super privileged. Like I know so that's amazing. not common, but I was able to do And it was life-changing. There's just this buzz in the air. First of all, you are such a main character when you're a solo female traveller in Europe. You are everyone's favourite person. You're probably loving the shit out of it. Like, if you don't want to be a main character, don't do it because (laughs) the first thing they're like, first thing people ask you is, oh, who are you here with? And I'm like, I'm on my own. And they're like, holy shit. Then you're like... Yeah, you have to lean into it rather (laughs) than being like, oh, yeah, I'm here on my own. Like, don't be embarrassed about it because... I think some people might think they look like a bit of a loser, like being there on their well, own. Like, oh, do I look like I have no friends? But like, that's not that's the case That's the one whatsoever. thing I always say, like people are like, I could never eat on my own or I could never go out for dinner on my own. But I'm like, how often when you're out for dinner with friends, do you ever notice someone eating on mm. their own? A, even notice them or B, make any kind of negative comment about it. I feel like if I do, you I'm don't. always like, they look really cool. You never, like, you never look at it, you never point it out. And so I'm like, just, that's the same. Mm. And in Europe... Everyone's happy, everyone's drunk, everyone's on holidays, everyone's living their best life. Well, most people Mm. are living their best lives. No one's miserable in their nine to five judging you. Even the workers, they live for it. They work in the busiest parts of Europe. Mm. They they wouldn't work there if they – it's not like – Australia where they work in retail and they hate their life. Like these (laughs) people genuinely enjoy meeting people from all around the world. Oh, so cool. And it was just – the girls that I met in the hostels are so kind. It's not – because that was my fear was because I'm on my own and I would meet girls in hostels, I would only ever stay in all-girl dorms. I'd okay. never stay in mixed. I was going to say what would be, like, your biggest tip to finding a hostel, especially mm. for, like, the chicks who want to yeah. go and look at host- hostels and stay in hostels. What would be, like, your tips to finding ones that you feel really safe in? So the biggest room that I ever stayed in was eight eight girls, but... Never, never mixed. I would never stay in a mixed dorm um, because obviously there are the horror stories. Yeah, mm. it's horrible. There's, there's, there's crusty men everywhere in the world. So I never wanted to wake up to like one of the girls got transferred into my room um, because a man was standing over her. No, <clears throat> with his penis out. Like no. Yeah, and so Cut I'm like that fucking thing off. Yeah, and so Yuck. I Cut never stayed girl. in a mixed dorm. It was always all girls. 
And to make it less dormy and hostelly, I would try and keep it down to a max of six girls. Mm. Four to six is big enough because you don't want to have to be waiting for showers. That's yeah. when that's when you'll start to get irritated when you're having to wait for people in the bathroom and things like that. Um, so all-girl dorms, try and keep the number lower. It is a little bit more expensive to stay in an all-girl dorm, but, it, again, it's, it's a worth hostel, it. so it's, yeah. it's still much cheaper. But, yeah, for safety-wise. And the one thing I was worried about was that it might feel like high school because I'm the only girl, like I'm a solo girl and there might be groups of like two, three, four girls that I might be put in with so they may not want like a tag along. Mm. That is not the case. They're Mm. so kind. Like, because I'm a bit, I don't know, sometimes I can be a bit sceptical because I was bullied in high school. So if someone's being nice to me, I'm kind of like, what's the angle here? What's the catch? And so girls would be like, oh, my gosh, we were going to go do this pub crawl later on or, like, this beer tasting thing. Like, do you want to come? Like, just it's always open plans. Mm. Everyone talks openly in the dorm. And no and one's going to be waiting there with eggs. Don't no, worry. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be fine. Like, it's just so kind. And at one point there's a group of I think there was eight of us in the end from, like, two mixed dorms because – Um, I ended up extending my stay in Belgium because I loved these girls. So I had to change rooms. So the new girls that I met in my new dorm, I merged them with the girls from my old dorm. And then we all went for dinner and we did like this beer tasting thing. And it's one of the best nights of my life. We did like this tour, walking tour the next day. Like, and there was like eight of us, Americans, a German, an Australian, another Australian, like just girls from all around the world and the kindest humans I've ever met. I can't explain the vibe. There's just, you don't have anything to be sad about when you're you're traveling around Europe. And that's genuinely the energy that just flowed everywhere I went. The one thing that was consistent was everyone was so nice. I love that. So so cute. Outside of hostels, because I feel like Mm. that's a great way to like meet people and make friends. Were there any other ways or tips that you have to make friends while you're solo traveling, especially around Europe? So... I was very, I was always very wary about being on my phone. I feel like Mm. in general, I'm very good about, I'm rarely on my phone. Um, But it's about the energy that you're putting out into the universe. I know Mm. know it sounds corny as shit, but it's true. if you're closed off, if you're hesitant, if your shoulders are drawn forward, if you're on your phone, no one's coming up to you. No one's going to approach you. I always had a book on me, A, because I'm a big reader, but B, It's a bit cliche, but if I'm sitting in a cafe eating my dinner or my breakfast or whatever and I'm reading a book, the chances of someone coming up going, oh, my gosh, what book are you reading? Mm -hmm. As opposed to you staring at your phone and them going, oh, what are you scrolling? Like (laughs) no one's going to do that. That's that's an invasion of privacy. Whereas if I'm reading a book, that's a conversation starter. Yeah. You look approachable. You look soft. You look cute. You look main character moment because you're this hot, pretty girl sitting alone in Europe eating your freaking croissant. Who is she? Everyone's going to come up to her. And just being open, putting that energy out, like smiling at people and being open to meeting people. I would sit at... I didn't love doing this, but like at night, if I hadn't met anyone. So when I was in Athens, um, I was starting to get really homesick. So I stayed in a, I don't know why, I stayed in a hotel just because I was feeling a bit flustered. Mm. My anxiety was starting to kick in and I was, I wanted to go inward, which is my therapist said, do not do this. But I, I don't know why I did. I was I flustered. I feel like it's fine to protect your space a bit though. Yeah, I just, I just didn't want to be around anyone else. I'm very conscious of putting bad energy out. I don't want to ruin anyone else's day with my bad energy. So I went and stayed at a hotel, but I was like, fuck, I need to meet people. So I went and sat at a bar. Um, I can't remember how I found this bar. I think I might've just like Googled bars in the area and looked for one with like really good stars and like good cocktails. 
and it was a really great bar where the bartenders, like they make the really fancy drinks and I got mm. sat at the bar. That's number one tip. Try to get sat at a bar so that at least you can chat with the bartenders yeah. and like watch them. Don't sit at a table on your own. Um, because then other people can come up and stand at the bar yeah. when they come up to mm. order and you don't look like you're waiting for someone. Yeah. And again, like you can chat to the bartender. So that's what I would do, but that relies too much on needing, I guess, alcohol. Like you don't have to go to a bar to drink, yeah. but it's kind of the premise of mm. a bar is to go and drink. So that's what I also used to do. I would just go out. That does take a lot of confidence though. Like at night when you don't have a book and you're literally just sitting there hoping that the bartender creates a rapport with you. But again, they mo nine times out of 10, I found that they want to talk to you because yeah. like they're not going to work in a public, like this was in Athens, they're not going to mm. work in a really fun I feel like, yeah, majority of area. bartenders just love yeah. having a good so chin So that yeah. was always a good good idea or um, doing like the walking tours because mm. then you're finding like the, the proper tourists and you can like hear Aussie accents or you can mm. hear like English-speaking spe people. Um, so that's also a really good way to you, – you just have to be confident though. Like I, so many times I would be like – oh, where are you guys from? Like, yes. how, what are you traveling? Like, you have to initiate. You have mm. to be forward because it's attractive to people and especially people who are maybe a little bit more shy or anxious. They're going to gravitate towards you because you give off this this confident vibe. It's, a, it's attractive to a lot of people. Yeah. There's, like, a new wave of confidence you get when you're, like, traveling, especially overseas because you're like, nobody knows me. You're never going to fucking exactly. see me. Nobody knows me. I can do whatever I want. I remember when we went to Hawaii and we came back, I was still in that mode and I was, like, <laughs> at Salty's in Bondi and I turned to the table next to us. I was like, so what's the occasion tonight, guys? Which and is, my like, friend, such a holiday thing. My friend was like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, fuck, I don't know, hey. But, hey, well, <laughs> what's the occasion tonight, guys? And they were like, Anymore. I was like still in like full vacay yeah. mode of just being like, let's make friends. Who's want, who wants to join our table? Like, but it's all. just that when you're traveling, it's such an easy way to yeah. break the ice. That's like the first two minutes done. Like, who are you traveling with? How long are you traveling for? Where are you going next? Bang. If the chem like the, if the platonic chemistry is there, like it's going to keep flowing. Otherwise you go, okay, great. Like have a good night. Bang. On to the next. Like mm. you're in Europe. There's so many people coming and going every single fucking second that yeah. you're not going to see them again. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then if you don't know what else to do, just really ramp up the Australian accent, yeah. I find. And people fucking love that. Like, for some reason, people think it's really the most... That was really good. Thanks, yeah. everyone. <laughs> just going to pause. Let's just release that on SoundCloud. EP. Real quick. EP. Um, but, yeah, people find that so charming for some reason. I don't know why. EP. 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 But. <laughs> we can cut that. <laughs> I think it should stay. <laughs> More importantly, mm -hmm. yeah. maybe as equally as so, important as friends. So not about platonic chemistry. What about the the romance? Yeah, chemistry? how do you have your like Lizzie McGuire in Rome romance, you know? Well, because you have some stories, Cass. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, her well, well. <laughs> Listen, I got I had well, <laughs> No, I'm like, do I start with the alcoholic that I went to start with, or, or like I feel the like niece romance? Or... Good, like what to do and what not to do, perhaps. Um, <laughs> don't follow an alcoholic to Sardinia. <laughs> no, so um, how did you how did you meet I, people? Like, did it just like fall? How did I meet people? I'm trying to think. Place. I, you know, it must have been good because I've mentally blocked a lot of them out. You know. <laughs> I thought that I would live, laugh, love with the men a lot more than I did. Mm. I think 
like I only had maybe three, maybe four romantic encounters over mm. three months. Um, European men are very forward. Ooh. And don't get me wrong, I love it, but they take rejection as like a game. Oh, and I'm like, okay. no, motherfucker. Like, no, is I, a will mace, I will mace yeah. you. <laughs> Fuck off. I got my pepper spray. Um, European romances. So obviously European Tinder and Hinge is a whole different ballgame. Oh, wow. <laughs> when I tell you, it's like, it's exactly what you would think it is. Mm. It's fuck Australia. Everyone thinks Australian <laughs> men are the hottest. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. They're the European men, the Italian men, like, mm. whole my days. Even if you don't want to meet up with them, it's just nice to flick, like, a yeah. magazine. Um, because, like, every second or third guy looks like a European model. Yeah, Michelangelo's David. Um, so I did go on Hinge. When I started to get homesick, I was told that um, you could find on, like, Tinder and Hinge, like, groups of guys. This sounds like it's leading into an orgy. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> but, like, there would it would say, like, oh, me and three mates, like, it, they'd be Australian. You'd know they're Australian. And their bio would say, like, me and three mates are travelling around Europe, like, let me know if you want to meet up. And I would match with them straight away and be like, I'm Australian. I'm not interested romantically. I'm just a bit homesick. Like, can we meet up? So that's originally why I downloaded the dating apps. I love that. Was when I started to get homesick and I would just, because like I'm a, I'm a boy's girl anyway. Mm. And so if I set the tone straight away and I was like, I don't want to have sex with you. I'm not interested in you yeah. whatsoever. But like, can we meet for a drink? Like, I just need to hear some Aussie accents. But then obviously I started flicking and then I was like, oh, fuck, like he's hot and he's hot. <laughs> You're like, that's not bad. So I met up with one, um, he was from Norway mm. and his name is Daniel and he was stunning. He was a Norwegian wow. doctor. Um, and so we met up in Santorini and we went for a drink and it was really funny because down like on the cliff below, some guy was proposing and it had Will You Marry Me lit up in candles. Oh, my God. And I got there and Daniel... You're like, Daniel, it's too soon. Daniel had his back to it so he had no idea that it was there. And I get there and me being me, I'm like oh my gosh, Daniel, like it's barely our first date, but yes. And he was like, what are you talking about? And I looked and he was like, he was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ah, I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> People don't get Aussie sarcasm, no, do they? Like anywhere. No. You go to America as well and they're eyes. like, what? And you're like, I'm kidding. It's a joke. Yeah. And they're like, oh. They don't they, hate it. they don't laugh after. He recovered no. well. Yeah. Because that, that, was, that was like in the first two minutes. I was like, oh, this will make or break him. Yeah. He recovered well. So I, I stayed with him. Um, but then like we went for like this really cute walk, like up to the top of like one of the hills and we were overlooking Santorini and it was probably the most romantic first kiss I've ever had. Aww. And so I was like, fuck, like this is such a European, like, yeah, love that. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm really like living my dream right now. Like yeah. my inner child is squealing. Um, so that was fun. That was like a positive experience. But then like on the other foot, I met a guy in Majorca who I went on a first date with. And it was just, it was nice and he was so hot, but that should have been my first indication. He was hot and he wore skinny leg jeans. Oh, mm. it's all uh, over. I just, I don't know. I think it was like, it was Europe. Okay, it was that's Europe. It. You were yeah. like, because in Australia, I would never have even looked at a man in skinny leg jeans. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I just didn't look south. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I overlooked that. You were distracted by his like I was blinded by like the beautiful blonde hair. Yeah. And so we went on a date and like we had an argument on the date where oh. I ended up walking off. Whoa. Like I, I left. Um, Red flag. 
<laughs> I guess better. So I leave and he messages me and he apologises and then, like, that's it. What was the fight about? Um, I lied about having been to Mallorca because I didn't really want to talk about Love Island. Right. And oh, then a girl fair. came up to me and was like, oh, my God, are you Cassidy from Love Island? And he, I was like, yeah. And, like, we got a photo and he was like, wait, you're on a TV show? And I was like, yeah. And then he was like, where was it filmed? And I was like, oh. Mallorca. And he just flipped, he, he just like turned That's it into. That's ridiculous. He just turned it into me being so, this like sociopath who's oh a liar and God. like just called me a narcissist and that all this like empathy. crazy shit. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, this is. I've lied about way worse. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just was so caught off guard. And because I'm such a like hothead, I yeah. started losing my shit. And it was just very tumultuous and I got the fuck out of there because I was like, no one calls me a narcissist and gets away with it. Mm. So I left and then he apologised and said, like, you were right, I shouldn't have done that, like, I overreacted. Mm. I was like, sweet, let's, I'm never going to see you again. Mm. All good, thanks for the apology. Well, a month later, because this was, like, two or three weeks into my trip, a month later he's like, hey, and I'm like, hello. And he's like, what are, what are your plans next week? Because he knew that I was very fluid with my travels. Right. And I was like, oh, I don't have anything booked yet. And he goes, come to Sardinia with me. And I was like, fuck. Oh, yeah. Cassidy. Sardinia is a beautiful island in Italy, if you didn't know. It's very romantic, okay? <laughs> smack you. <laughs> well, you know, again, I'm going to blame it on Europe, okay? <laughs> it was your I was, fault. It was for the plot. Yeah. Okay? And Did you, I? you clearly hadn't have had your, like, eight hours sleep. Yeah. You know, no, so you're I was if you do anything dumb on your okay. Europe summer, just in Cassidy's words, blame it on Europe. Yeah. yeah, blame it on Europe. There's so many things you can blame things on for over there. So, obviously, I didn't tell my mum. Or my sister, or... I'm going to kill you. So I, I went. And, like, yeah, the first night was lovely. I did, though, book my own accommodation. Okay. He got very angry at that. This guy said When like I got there. Oh, my God, he sucks. He sucks. Yeah. So I get there, and he was like... Um, he wanted to... Like, he stayed with me the first night. And I was like, that's great. And then he had to get up because he was a sailor in the Olympics. And he had to go, get up for training because he was like, I don't really know. I, I didn't listen to a lot of things he said. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I went to explore and then by the time it was done, he rang me and I was like, oh, like I'm doing this. And he's like, what do you want to do tonight? And I was like, oh, like I've actually made plans. Like I've booked, like I want, I'm going to do this. And he like yelled at me. He's like, I thought we were going to spend this whole week together, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I was like, no, no, um, I came to Sardinia because I'm a tourist and I want to like travel around. Mm. Like it's nice that you're here and we can hang out whilst mm. we're both here, but I'm solo traveling. And so then we hung out on the third night and then that's when I realized that he had an alcohol addiction. Mm. And I was like, holy Jesus Christ, what have I done? <laughs> what have I At done? At least you had your own accommodation. I yeah. feel like that's the most important thing, like mm. especially traveling solo is having like yeah. your safety as front of mind, especially yeah. as a young woman because like, mm -hmm. as you said, staying in like female hostels, mm -hmm. Booking your own accommodation if you are going to go yep. eat, pray, love the shit out of your Europe trip. Yeah. So but also tell someone where well, you're going. Friends in Europe knew where I was. Okay. And like my guy friends in London knew where I was. Good. Um, but yeah, like I knew my spidey senses were tingling. Like I, because normally I'd be like, fuck it. Like I'll just stay with him. Like yeah. let him book the accommodation. But I was like, no, I want to stay in my own accommodation. And so that was my safety blanket. Like I had my, because. I know that if I'm uncomfortable, I need a safe place to go back to. Otherwise, yep. my anxiety will spiral. Like, yep. I'll, I will have a panic attack. So if I knew that I had that to go back to, I was a little anxious because he did know, where, obviously, where it was and he could rock up at any time. But 
um, having that as spontaneous as I wanted to be and I Mm. wanted to go meet a cute boy in a foreign country, I made sure that I was safe. I had my own accommodation. I didn't have to rely on him in case. Like, I don't know him from a bar of soap. Exactly. Like, we could have a fight and he could kick me out. And We've all I'm, seen Taken. I'm, I'm yeah. left with nowhere to stay. Like, I yeah. made sure that I always had that. Was it my finest moment? No. Um, Is it a great story? Yes. yes. I came out alive and so now I live to tell the tale. And, yeah, like, that wasn't great and... I don't know. It, it is what it it's is. Like fun, I, I still had fun memories yeah. with him. But, yeah, I just I remember sitting, like, any time I was with him, I was just listing the icks in my head. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, when he put his skinny jeans in, on in front of me the next day without underwear, I was like... Oh, my God. I would have bought a ticket home. <laughs> you <laughs> You're stronger like, than me. That's it. <laughs> so you've said a few times that, like, you did have a moment of, like, homesickness mm-hmm. And you met up with Australians and you kind of booked your own accommodation to have a little bit of a moment to yourself and Mm -hmm. just kind of like recharge a bit maybe. Were there any other things that you did when you were feeling homesick that really helped you kind of push through it? God, the one month mark is the worst. It's known for being the worst point. Um, And I remember I was on a ferry from EOS to Athens and I was weeping. I was sobbing on the ferry and because I never felt being in Europe, I never had FOMO of what my friends were doing back in Australia. I never got FOMO. I just had this sense of longing like I missed. It was like the grief I felt for my dad. It was so weird and it was so powerful. I just missed home and it wasn't necessarily like, oh, I'm, I'm jealous that they're all out without me. It was just like... I miss that. And it was this heart-wrenching pain. And I was like, what the fuck? And so I messaged like four or five friends being like, I think I need to come home. Like, I'm not okay. Like, I'm really sad. And not a single one of those fucks told me to come. Because that's all it would have taken. Just Mm. one of them to be like, come home. Like, don't put yourself through this. If you're sad, come. No, they all fucking, they could see straight through it. All of them were like, push through. You're fine. You're just homesick. Like, you're okay. And it made me cry even more because then I was like, why don't they want me to come home? I was like, I miss them so much and they don't want me. So to be honest, I did cry a lot and I didn't force myself to ignore that. Like I I sobbed for days. Like there was probably a good week where I cried and I was really sad. Um, But I forced myself to go out every day and remind myself of like where I am. I would call my family lots. Um, and just keep busy. It was kind of like if you're going through a breakup, keep the mind busy, book the activities, stay out of the house, don't book a hotel. Like as much as I loved the alone time to be able to cry on my own, not in front of people, it gave me too much alone time to like sit and stew and, and to think about and going home. The noise, yeah. the, the silence was deafening yeah. in a hotel room. Whereas having people coming and going, hearing people make plans, hearing what they're doing, be you're missing the opportunity to be invited to do things. You're missing those chances of Europe reminding you why you're here and what's wonderful yeah. about it. When, when you're on, in a hotel on your own, no one's there. To like, invite come on, you. like let's yeah. go, like, yeah. let's go like and to kind of pick you up out. Yeah. Of it. yeah. So you've only got yourself. So. I wouldn't recommend staying in a hotel. That was probably the worst thing I did for my homesickness. And so I went from Athens to Santorini and I booked an, a four-girl dorm. And Santorini, whilst I was incredibly homesick, and from Santorini I booked to go to London because I was still really homesick 
Athens was the worst. Santorini, I was still really, really bad, but I went from being in a hotel to a hostel with four girls and Santorini is probably the highlight of my trip. Oh, I had a yay. date with a beautiful man. Oh. I met beautiful girls. We booked a boat together. We went on a boat tour. I had my fucking Mamma Mia moment where I was standing on a bar in Santorini screaming ABBA. Oh, like, oh, as so homesick jealous. and devastated as I was, I had some of the best nights and best experiences in Santorini. And a lot of it is because I pushed through my boundary, which... You have to know yourself enough to know if you can do that. But I, mm. I put myself out there. I really didn't want to be around people. I was starting to spiral. I was really emotional. But I was like, no, I'm not going to pull myself out of this. I need people to be like, come on, like, let's go. Yeah. And, like, you're not crying in front of them and they're taking pity on you. They're just saying, like, we're going to go book a boat. Or, like, the girls are talking about booking a boat. And they're like, it's cheaper if we go with four. Like, do you want to come with us? Mm. Like, you're not going to get those opportunities if you're on your own. And then from there I went to London and then I did like a two-week reset in London. Obviously, it's English speaking. I have Aussie friends that live there. So I went and met up with them. So if you can afford it and like you're being fluid with your travels, going to somewhere like London where there's not as thick accents, where it's English speaking, mm. the language barrier does make it a little bit overwhelming. Mm. So like going to see people that just English is their first language, it really helps. helps. Um, if you can meet up with Aussies, if you can find a familiar face, go and see mm. friends. So once I went to London, that just like – You bounced back. It fixed yeah. it all. I stayed there for oh, two amazing. weeks. I trained, um, got back into a bit of a routine. Mm. I stayed in a, an apartment that had a kitchen so that I could cook some meals and that like cured it. And then I went for another – six weeks I think oh wow I think it's so good to know that like that's normal like it's so normal because I think as well people might feel like a bit of a failure if they go on a solo trip especially and Mm. they have this amazing thing that they're looking forward to and then they're there and they're like I kind of hate it like I want to go home and you start feeling like a bit of a failure and I think it's really important to know that that's really normal so normal the one it's the one month mark is the most common thing like I had no idea until I put it on my story and all my followers were like you're one month in like this is gonna happen this is meant to happen and it was beautiful to remind myself that the life I live is so cherished and I love it so much enough to miss it. Yeah, that's mm. a like great it made way me to really grateful it. that I was like, I live such a great life that even when I'm in Europe, I still love the idea of my life back home, and mm. I'm so lucky that I have that to go home to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's another way to like reframe the thinking yeah. is just be grateful that you love something so much you miss it. Aww. That's so beautiful. And not only did you push through to the three month mark, but you're going again yes. this year. <laughs> so obviously yes. it was fucking worth it. Yeah. But. What's the biggest life lesson that you learnt from your solo travel to Europe? The energy. When I first got to Europe, when I was in Paris and Nice, or like mainly Paris, like the first four or five days, I don't know whether it was because I was a little bit jet lagged, but I was a little bit apprehensive. I was nervous. I was skittish. Like it was, I was finding my feet. So I know that my energy was off. Like I wasn't, my shoulders were drawn. I was on my phone. Like I didn't want to make eye contact with anyone. I was flustered. It was a foreign country. I'd never Mm. been there. You're like, voulez-vous, couché. (laughs) (laughs) How am I? (laughs) And so I I didn't meet anyone. Mm. I didn't really get to know anyone. Like it just wasn't the experience that I like thought that I was going to have. And the second that I switched my energy, I started looking up. I I pulled my shoulders Mm. back. I started smiling at strangers. I met two Aussie guys on the train to Nice and, like, I spent the next two nights with them. And it's that's something that I've brought back to Australia with me because 
obviously I was on a reality show where like I'm a bit anxious now when I'm out in public yeah. and like mm. people watching me and I just feel like I don't have the privacy anymore. Whereas in Europe, I feel like I gained a little mm. bit of that back. And so I just walked around how I would pre-Love Island days mm. where I can smile at strangers, I can be just like the happy anonymous stranger and I can be confident and I can approach people and I can allow people to approach me and they're not approaching me to ask for a photo or mm. like to ask if I'm that girl from Love Island. Like they're approaching me because they want to. And so when I came back to Australia, I started going for walks along Bondi Beach without AirPods and I started to just like listen to the sounds and look at people and say good morning and smile. Oh, and you got like a little <clears> bit of pre-Love Island cast back. Yeah, it just was that. nice to come back and I just brought a little bit of that that solo energy back with me and reminded myself that no matter where I am in the world, it's beautiful and this beautiful life that I missed so much while I was here is just as great as in Europe. Like it matched yeah. the energy and so it gave me a little bit of, it reminded me to love my life. And so now like, yeah, I'll walk Bondi Beach without AirPods in. I'm not afraid to look people in the eye mm. and smile at them and I'm so much more independent. I've gone back to going on solo dates in Australia or like in Australia, in Sydney. Like mm. I take myself to the movies now. I go out for dinners on my own. I go for like morning breakfasts on my own. I take my book. Like you can mm. have Europe in Australia. Like if you can't get to mm. Europe this year, you can still be a solo traveller in your own city. I love that. I'm going to cry. So <laughs> I'm so nice. proud of you. Yeah. It's lovely. Yes. Oh, well, thank you so much. Those are some beautiful stories. <laughs> Wild and also very educational. Mm -hmm. But thank you so much for joining us on Two Broke Chicks. Thank you so much for having me. An absolute pleasure. Always a pleasure. I never a chore. <laughs> I'm going to miss you so much when you're in Europe. I'm going to be like, come back. Mm, yeah. I'll send you lots of photos. You just open your luggage and I'm like, hi. And hi. you're like, how did you get you to be? <laughs> and I'm like, don't ask. <laughs> It was messy. <laughs> You're like, am I allowed back in Oz? I'm like, not for no. about eight weeks. <laughs> but that's, that's okay. We're going to be here for a while, yeah, right? Yeah, we, can do, we can do Europe for eight weeks. Yeah, everyone make sure to go follow Cassidy on Instagram and TikTok if you don't already. We'll put her links in the show notes because you need to follow along mm. for the Euro summer. Part One month two. until Europe. Oh, oh my gosh, it's going to be crazy. I can't wait. I'm well, so excited. Exciting. Thanks, Chicks, for having us in your ear holes. We absolutely love to be here. And shout out to MIK Studios for making this episode of Two Broke Chicks happen. Bye, Chicks. Bye, lady. Bye. <laughs> Bye.